survived week one of the NFL season. It was uh, not without a couple bumps and bruises, but it was a crazy week. We got Eric Eager joining us once again. We're going to recap just a little bit of this Monday night football game in Las Vegas. I think it was a fitting way to have fans in the stands in Las Vegas with the Raiders pulling off the upset in overtime of the Ravens. Uh, a lot of our bets came home on Monday. I'm going to get Eric's thoughts on Monday night football. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to take away from week one, and then we're going to move right into uh, some week two lines to bet and some early week college football action as well. So let's dive into it. Eric, what what was your immediate takeaway from this Monday night football game? Uh, Raiders winning, obviously good for our futures. Anything else you kind of taken away from, you know, Lamar Jackson's performance, passing performance, those sorts of situations at this point? We also have a little bit of Baltimore under, which is just kind of because they're a little fragile. Um, and they looked fragile tonight, right? I mean, this and is... they looked a little. I mean, I think their defense came out of the gate looking like they were a classic defense that didn't have any depth, right? Like they right. played hard at the beginning, and then once they were pressed a little bit, it got a little harder for them. Um, not to mention today, by the way, two great games in Vegas. The Las Vegas Aces coming back from a 13 point <laughs> deficit to not, to cover all of our live bets. We should have known that that was a precursor uh, to Las Vegas that, doubling uh, from down from the hands of Kelsey Plum to the to the arm of Derek Carr. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it was it was a crazy week. Nine underdogs winning outright. Um, I actually interesting. Green line was about even. I think if you looked at closing lines, we were down a unit in NFL. But interestingly, like we were, it, it, it's sort of like the way things go. We were on. You know, teams like the Bengals, uh, teams like um, I'm thinking about we had Houston for a little bit there um, and then we had the Raiders tonight. But in a game like the the Raiders tonight, like we like them at plus 170 or so, it gets down to plus 155, you know, plus, you know, plus four and a half goes into plus three and a half. Our model like them. We like the Ravens, interestingly, before we did any modeling this summer. Um, but obviously the injuries. And so when the market, interestingly, this is what happens oftentimes when you check against closing lines, you know, some of the games you really don't like, um, you know, and you're with the market, they move uh, in your direction. Now, we like the Jets so much that we still like them at three and a half versus the five and a half midweek. Um, that would have been a win at five and a half, a loss at three and a half, of course. Um, but but sometimes you like a game and you lose the value because other people like it too and it gets down to a different number. Um, and then the converse happens. You don't like a game. Uh, I think the one uh, specifically uh, could have been like Indianapolis where yeah. we didn't like them, but the number got all the way to Seattle minus three. And, you know, at some point there's a buy, uh, you know, in the marketplace for something like that. And so it's just tricky, but it was a fun week. Um, New Orleans got through the window for us. Miami got to the window for us. Some totals helped, even though we kind of got lucky on uh, that Tennessee-Arizona game somehow went under. Right, right, right. even though it should have, yeah. And it's, yeah, whereas Minnesota went over, even though it took a 50-yard field goal or so at the buzzer to do it. Um, so just a, I don't know, I'm excited. I think that this season got off to uh, a decent start, Um and you guys have been crushing props. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was nervous after Thursday night, right? It wasn't 
it wasn't great from our perspective how we started off kind of liking some unders, trying to hit some unders in the player prop market as well. I think the only real bet we had was Tom Brady over 2.5 passing touchdowns. Obviously, that got there, but that was like the only winner I could take away from Thursday. So it was a long weekend until we got to Sunday, basically. Thankfully, on Sunday, we found a few winners uh, during you know the main slate of sessions. Then Sunday night was literally perfection. Monday night turned out to be pretty close to perfection as well. Um, we were on the right side you know, of the Raiders movement down to three and a half, plus three and a half towards the end of the game. Of course, unfortunately, green line measuring against closing lines uh, is definitely a difficult thing to gauge against. But, you know, we would have had value at four and plus four and a half on the Raiders. That's where we bet some of those spots. So I do think um, the takeaway from that is you want to be betting these early week games and totals. Um, I do think there are a number of other opportunities in the player prop market. I'm also uh, diving in pretty heavily into these same game parlays at this point in time. I do think there are some weak spots uh, in the site's player price or in the site's uh, prop pricings for ways that you can kind of take advantage of them. So that's kind of been one of my main focuses, but um, we will see. So what were some of your you know key takeaways basically uh, coming out of week one? What are you kind of holding close to you at this point in time what do you think is gonna you know affect some recency bias maybe overcorrect kind of heading into week two here uh you know i'm not gonna take a lot you know as far as you know i'm not gonna look and say oh green bay is a sell you know i'm i'm not gonna look at um you know i think and i actually did this this small study i'm going on lindsey rhodes's podcast tuesday um basically looking at uh, what matters more to your season-ending win total and whether it's your e- initial ELO week one or the change in ELO from week one to week two. Yeah. And as you could probably imagine, Ben, your your week one ELO matters more to your season than the change in ELO that you get. And remember, a change in ELO is opponent-adjusted. So if you lose to a bad team, it's going to lower your ELO substantially. So there's a lot baked in there. Um, but if you look at the decision tree, it, it's very much like, um, are you above average? Are you below average? And then, you know, are you elite? Are you not elite? And if you're elite, um, you know, there there is some sort of like, there is a branch of the tree that looks at how much you change that week. Um, but it, it, it it's, it's, again, I talked about this in the forecast. There's like half a dozen teams last year that were 11 and five or better that either didn't cover week one or lost outright week one. So I, I thought... It, Chalk this up to a compelling week. Don't necessarily move your priors that much is sort of my takeaway from week one. Yep, yep. And I agree with that. And I do think, so then looking at some of these week two lines, Denver moved up quite a bit on the spread against Jacksonville. We have seen some decent movement with New England, New York Jets as well. Um, Another big one basically crossing the key number three, Minnesota versus Arizona was minus two and a half. Now it's a three and a half basically. Could see minus four for Arizona at this point in time. Are you going to be... Um, you know, fading some of these teams um, that are kind of having, you know, a lot of love from a public perspective in their betting profile because of their week one dominance at this point? Yeah, I mean, George and I uh, certainly did that in um, in, in our spread picks column, which you can see at pff.com. Uh, I'm assuming that promo code will still be live. Uh, uh, kickoff 30, we always sort of extend it a little bit. Um, Under the radar. But like, for example... Uh, in the negative sense, like the New York Giants, I know that they're facing the Washington football team without their, with their backup quarterback, and that's lowered the total by a full point since I last looked at it. But they were, they're all the way down to a very juiced plus three and a half. Um, this is going to be like a flat three fairly soon. Um, so that that's one where you're fading it. We actually, 
laid 11 and a half with Cleveland. Um, we laid 11 and a half with Cleveland. It's now 12 and a half. Um, Houston had a really good performance against Jacksonville. I don't think it can repeat, right? Right. Um, the one that I bought on our account, Ben, was Cincinnati plus three and a half, minus 120. It's now, a, you know, a very um, expensive. Oh, no, sorry, I got three. It's a it's an expensive three at minus 120. Um, so that's one. Uh, Buffalo, you're getting now all the way down to a field goal, more or less, with Miami. Um, I think Miami probably was lucky to get out of that game and in New England last week with a win. So you're probably selling. You probably can buy Buffalo a little low there. Um, same thing with Indianapolis at home against the Rams. They're getting a they're getting four, four. Yep. which which would seem to imply that the Rams are a point better than Seattle, which I just fundamentally reject. I think anything where you give the Rams a a, a nod over Seattle is based upon having an easier schedule because they were second place last year and not because they're actually better. So I think the Colts there are a buy. They do have, you know, some injuries and everything, but they had those injuries against Seattle. Um, we laid three and a half with, with San Francisco um, against Philadelphia. People are probably, people like the trenches in the NFL. And I think that they're going to like the Eagles until they show their warts a little bit. Um uh, I don't know. The Jets are already up to plus five and a half at home against New England. To me, that's a lot. And as a, and Minnesota getting four and a half in Arizona also feels like an overreaction. It is officially the NFL season, and today is the final chance to get 30% off any PFF subscription with promo code KICKOFF30. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values, zero to 100 grades for every single player, player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Again, that's promo code KICKOFF30 for 30% off any PFF subscription ending today. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 of free bets instantly. If a sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with the Daily Fantasy Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 of free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF. This this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager re- required. One, pu- one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, the, Ayers, the Minnesota game is not going to be fun to bet, but I do think you're only going to take one side at this point in time. Yeah. We were probably a little bit lower on the Cardinals in general to start the season. Obviously, if they get overhyped, they're going to be a team that we're probably fading the majority of weeks. Unfortunately, they are a really exciting offense. Do love watching Kyler Murray, but I think in general, with what they put forth, I do think they're probably going to be a team that you know our green line miles and some other things might not take too kindly to this early in the season with how much the public's kind of enjoying backing them on their sides. But the you know the the Jets game to me immediately jumped out. I do think they were a team we 
personally kind of liked in the offseason, at least to be better than what people expected. Didn't really see that in week one. I guess, you know, toward the end of the game, Zach Wilson had a pretty decent couple connections to Corey Davis. But um, I still think the takeaway from that is that I don't believe that they should be five and a half, six point underdogs at home to the New England Patriots at this point in time. I know Mac Jones had a pretty good game. Uh, Zach Wilson, I do still think, is the better quarterback prospect in this matchup. Um, so I do think that the Jets are probably a viable option. Probably the biggest overcorrection, I think, heading into week two here. But we will see how it transpires. We're going to be bringing back, you know, a lot more information on all the NFL action. Let's switch yeah, gears here. One more, here. Ben. I just want to inject Gotta get one it in. more. Get it in. Get it in. The Chiefs were, were laying two and a half last night. It was one of the picks George and I wrote up. They have just now reopened the Kansas City-Baltimore market. The Chiefs are laying four, and okay. it's more expensive to lay four with Kansas City than to take more take four with the home Ravens. Ravens came out of that game a mash unit, right? Total on this game, 55 and a half. Um, I, I feel like this is weird, Ben, but like I don't think I'm ever going to – like the Chiefs are my favorite team, and I don't think I'm going to be able to mathematically bet them the rest of the season. Like, right. this is absurd. Right, definitely. I mean, they're going to continue to see love in the betting market at this point in time. Uh, they're a team that you got to back in game, really. I mean, we've kind of learned that here over the last, I guess, probably a couple of years at this point in time. But, it, you know, it worked again here in week one, down big from Cleveland. They are a team that can, they're never going to. They're never going to, if they play to the top of their level, they're not going to lose at this point in time from my perspective. So I think if you see them start off slow, obviously you want to back them at this point in time. But I just don't love backing them in the pregame spreads based on, you know, how bookmakers are pricing them at this point in time. So that's that's my takeaway from the, from the Chiefs. They were they were actually just plus one on the pregame line heading into the season for this matchup in week two. Now yeah. it's all the way up to plus four and a half total. It's gone up three and a half points as well. Was yeah, fifty one and a half up to fifty five. So those are tough to play. I think at this point in time, if Patrick certain. Mahomes doesn't get injured, the Chiefs will not be an underdog. Right, right. Like there, there's almost no way. Maybe, yeah. I mean, there isn't right. Like they're who not, are they going mean, to play not, when they're yeah. an underdog? Against? Yeah, they're, like, they're they're not right now. Basically, heading into the season, they were not in any of their first seventeen games. They're the you know only team that wasn't wasn't an underdog in any matchup for all seventeen weeks. So first seventeen weeks. So. Yeah, we will see. So let's let's switch it up. College football been pretty hot to us. Didn't unfortunately get a couple last, you know, a couple of the last games on the later slate to go our way for college football. A couple of, you know, Florida International team that I really liked last week. Couldn't finish the job. Unfortunately, had a few chances toward the end of regulation to kick a field goal. Couldn't basically move the 20 yards to get in the field goal range, punch it a number of times from the 50-yard line. So that was a frustrating one, but I do think we got some really good spots here heading into week three of the NCAA action. What is one uh, bet that you kind of like right away here coming up on Saturday, Eric? Yeah, you know, this comes out in the morning on Tuesday. PFF Green Line NCAA has already been up uh, as well as the power rankings tool. So sort of anything you like there, um is is something uh to behold um we've uh made probably what about not enough a half bets, a dozen but... eight bets so far there's a couple i think that are really stinky but i do like um and i'm going to uh you know follow the lead of my friend george shahuri uh and be a 49ers fan again this week um they're getting for um money line price 155 in georgia state uh to play the panthers um, look, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about Charlotte. I watched them against Duke. I watched them beat Duke. Um, I, 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 if my model likes them, I'm going to take them. 
um, because of the vibes. Uh, that That's one that I like. Um, another one, and we backed Ball State this past week and under. Um, look, they didn't get us the cover. They were close, um, but they did get us the under there. Um, and they, Ball State goes to Wyoming. Wyoming, interestingly, Ben, we had Northern Illinois at home against Wyoming getting seven um, and over in that game. And the over was really in no doubt, Ben, but NIU was down by like, what, like 28, 29? and came all the way back to take a one-point lead in that game um, before Wyoming drove down, scored, and then got the two-point conversion to push seven. Right. Um, I'm going to go with another seven-point underdog against them in, in Ball State, who I think is a lot more talented than what they showed against, obviously, a, a, a Penn State team that's obviously outclassed them and on the road. So give me Ball State plus seven. Give me Charlotte plus four. Are the two bets that I like the most here on this Tuesday morning? Yeah, I definitely can agree with you on that. I think one more that I really like from college perspective, Memphis taking on Mississippi State. These were actually two teams that we were against from a green line <laughs> perspective last week. We liked Arkansas State in their matchup against Memphis. Arkansas State, unfortunately, didn't cover. We also liked NC State in their matchup versus Mississippi State. And NC State uh, didn't show up whatsoever. That was probably uh, the most painful loss for me for college football this Saturday. Thankfully, that was turned around so on Sunday. awful. It was so awful. We- I mean, we it, it took us from like a day of basically being a little bit positive to negative in Greenline NCAA this past week. That game because we had spread and money line on FIU. FIU seven point lead driving fumbles gives up a score, but then of course has three drives in opponent territory near the end. Don't even end up with a field goal attempt in any of those drives, right. and then get the ball first in overtime and fumble. Uh, an absolute disaster. That was the worst. Um, that was the worst game by far uh, this week. But yeah, we will see yeah. what actually happens here. But I do like I do like Memphis in this matchup against Mississippi State quite a bit. I do think you know people are overvaluing Mississippi State from um, a number of perspectives. Yeah. We kind of like them a lot more on the money line. I do think there are some plus three and a half for Memphis as well. If you can find those, Greenline would have value on that number as well. So plus one forty five. On the money line, plus three and a half. If we can find Memphis, I think that's uh, one more bet that we can kind of get. Here, here's, at a, here's, one, here's a question just to finish this off. I know we've gone a little long. Washington State at home, getting eight and a half against the Clay Helton list, USC Trojan. Trojans just off a multiple score loss to, to a Stanford team that I thought was among all the teams that stunk in week one of college football. Stanford was the worst. Right. Like they were worse than Wisconsin, they were worse than Penn State, uh, they were worse than Indiana. Uh, they were the worst. And USC gets blown out by them at home. Washington State let Utah State come back on them and and win. Um, furious comeback. I kind of want to see the Cougars win this football game, and they're getting eight and a half. I think it's a good buy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, plus eight and a half at home. We don't know what I to know expect the from the Trojans. I know the new coach has, has yeah. some effect on things, but give me a break. Right, definitely. I mean, yeah. I don't think they're going to rally the troops this quickly on, I guess, at this point in time. It's been a disaster to start. I think that's really only headed in one way. So, yeah, give me the plus eight and a half for the Washington State Cougars. I can back them any day of the week at this point. So, I definitely like that one uh, quite a bit. I think basically, yeah, we got four good bets here on the PFF betting podcast, um, you know, Tons of value out there. Make sure you check out the NCA Greenline product already out for the week. 
NFL is going to be out tomorrow morning, as well as new updated power ratings tools from our simulation. So if you want to make sure that you lock in some profitability coming up in this NCAA and NFL football season, make sure you lock in that PFF Elite subscription. Kick off 30. You're probably going to have a couple hours when the doors wake up here tomorrow morning, uh, Tuesday, 914. If you want to get that last second uh, subscription, make sure you lock in at this point in time. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. We'll be right back.